There's a bit of a sound of construction outside my window. Outside my window. Girl, put your record on. Play me your favorite song. Play me my favorite part. Hey everybody, my name is Marilyn. I'm the co-host of Who Run the World and I'm joined today by someone who has just entered, is it fourth decade of their life? Raya Shadid. Fourth decade of my life sounds so old. And that is a weird way of saying that Raya just turned 30. New decade, same me. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on whatever time you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to make it like the Truman Show, it's like, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. Or whatever. Not in that order, but you know what I mean. Now that this podcast is finally hosted by two people in their 30s, it's become way more highbrow. Yes, and full of wisdom, as always. And so, Rhea, on the occasion of your 30th birthday... We thought we would do like a special Rhea Turns 30 edition. And having been in my fourth decade for almost five years now, I thought it would be wise for us to discuss what one learns in their 30s, but also perhaps what they say goodbye to as they leave their 20s. And as Rhea likes to say, we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. A little bit of um, background story to this episode before we begin. So on the 30th anniversary of the day of my birth, my friends from around the world sent me their favorite book and they wrote me a letter. All of this organized by the fantabulous Luli. Also, kudos to your organizational skills. So a lot of people called me the day after to wish me a happy birthday, but also to laud your organizational skills. So mabruk for that. Thanks. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I don't know if they meant like, oh, look, Marilyn, she's so organized or that bitch followed up with us way too many times. They said that I should appreciate having a friend like you in my life. So there you go. I keep telling you that. I know. I finally realize it. Thankfully, you need a crowd to realize. Exactly. I need to send out a survey. Anyway, one of those letters that I received is from none other than Marilyn Zahoul, a.k.a. Luli. On the envelope, it says, Some wisdom from one 35-year-old to another almost (laughs) 35-year-old. Listen, let me turn 30 first, and then we can talk about 35 another day. It's going to go by in in an instant, you know? One day you're 30, one day you're 35. (laughs) Anyway, um, and this letter was filled with um, advice that Marilyn is passing on to me as I enter my 30s. We thought, why not make a podcast episode about it, you know? Because everything is content these days. I mean, I'm sorry, but if people can like dance to fucking tune for 15 seconds on TikTok and that's content, surely, surely, Pearls of Wisdom in your 30s is content. Surely Temple. Surely Temple. All right, Razy, you want to kind of read out the intro of the card? Maybe we can like go at it one by one and see where it takes us. So it starts off with, first off, comma, congrats, period. You have just outlived most of your peers in the 18th century. Isn't it wonderful that you're only about a third of your life in? You get to make a whole bunch of decisions and choose three or maybe five different life paths to explore before this beautiful adventure comes to a conclusion, a.k.a. death. (laughs) Always the realist, this one. 
always. So here is what my 30s taught me. And so the my here is Marilyn. Um, by the way, I'm reading this card because we're on Zoom. Okay, so number one, are you ready? I'm ready. You said make plans, but don't get attached to them. Saraya, are you a planner? No. Why not? I'm not a planner because I don't like to get attached. You're afraid of being disappointed. I'm afraid to be disappointed. I also never know what might come my way, what might change things. What did you mean by this piece of advice? You know, when I was like, I don't know, 25, I was in a long-term relationship, looked like it was going well. I thought that by the time I was 30, I would maybe be married, maybe have a kid. You know, and career-wise, I've always been very ambitious. So I just thought that would be kind of in the continuation of that. The relationship that I was in came to an end, I think, when I was 28. And so by the time I turned 30, I was nowhere near where I thought I was going to be. And I'd always been a planner. There's this data point that you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. And I really, really believe in that. By the time I turned 30, it was a moment for me to kind of realize like, oh, none of those things happened. But also I was somewhere new. I was dating Hadi, who's now my husband. Career-wise, things were shifting. You know, I was evolving, growing, getting new experiences. So it's not like I was in a bad place. I was in a great place. But it just, it dawned on me that it wasn't where I thought I was going to be. But I still think making plans is important. If you don't make plans, then you don't necessarily row in a specific direction. But also it's really important to stay agile and uh, to stay open. I mean, the pandemic has taught us that at a global scale, that the world will do things that surprise you and maybe you won't exactly end up where you thought you would, but it's still worth it to make plans and worth it to accept that they may not happen. And actually, for the last few months, I've been itching to kind of, let's say, point my compass in a certain direction. I think your 20s are wonderful to just try different things. And that's why I always tell my cousins, like, go try different things, try different jobs. Now what I'm feeling or my gut is telling me, okay, where are you pointing your arrow? And just yeah. like head in that direction. And then, as you say, be agile and make sure that you're not attached to like, oh, no, I have to make a right turn. It's okay to go left. But that will Toast. still lead you to your goal. Love it. Couldn't wear it. Point number two. Point number two, choose a life you enjoy living every day of, but don't let carpe diem turn you into a short-termist. You can read the next one at the same time because I think they're interlinked. Okay, so the second one is the most important quote-unquote concept to master is compounding. It applies to your money, network, investments, and life choices. Master it. So what I meant by that is that Compounding is something that sometimes we learn in math school. Maybe we start to understand it when we, you know, put our money in our first savings account. And it's this idea that you get, you, you know, if you block something, at least financially, if you block $1,000 and you get a 10% interest every year. So next year you'll have $1,010. And the year after that, you'll have plus 10.1. I don't know. It's just that every year you end up getting more and more a value out of that, of that investment or saving that you're making. Compounding is interesting because before you know it, you know, that savings or that value really grows dramatically. It's not a linear, it's not $10 every year anymore. And 
when you're young, you're not thinking about these things, especially like our generation. We didn't buy homes, you know, we didn't put money in saving accounts. Many of us just spent them on lattes and avocado toast. And so it's really important to go back to that compounding effect thing. And of course, that applies to your money and your investments. And in your 30s, the best advice I can give you, because I only started doing this this year, is invest your money. The more passive income you can make, the better. Actually, there's a great saying that says you don't kind of create financial security by selling. You only create financial security by buying, meaning selling as an employee, selling your time, selling your services. You don't get rich doing that. You get rich by investing in the stock market, making sound decisions and compounding the value of your money. So I think money is something we shouldn't be ashamed of and that you should start beyond saving money, compounding the value of your money. But I think this also applies to life choices, who you hang out with, the jobs you take, the things you put out in the world, they compound. And even if they're small, right? Like even if it's putting out one more episode of Who Run the World, right? Or anything like that, it's adding to that pile. And then one day you'll wake up and you'll look back and be like, wow, how the hell did I accomplish all of this? But people around you will be like, whoa, this girl did a lot. And the compounding effect of that will come into place, right? I love that because it's kind of nurturing anything. It's just a yeah. little bit of work every day. And that's why I'm just, I'm going to jump to another piece of advice that's not in the order you've written it, but for the sake of this point, I think it's very similar, which is if you want to accomplish something, do one small thing towards it every week. Nothing has more impact than showing up. And I think you can apply that for anything in your life, whether it's, your friendships, your relationships, as you say, saving and growing your bank account, if you're starting a business or a podcast or whatever it is, just doing a little bit every single day will really work towards that. And I think that's a lesson that I've really only learned this year, where my plate kind of had more things on it. And it's very easy to get frazzled by that. But if you just do one little thing, then all of a sudden, You've learned a lot, which is also that compounding effect, but also you've accomplished a lot. And it's a long-term reward benefit. There's an expression in the business world and it goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One piece at a time. There you go. So don't eat elephants, kids. And it's this idea that um, yesterday I was talking to Suzanne, who was a guest of ours uh, on an earlier episode, and she's my career coach. I was just saying, like, I look back on Cosmic Centaurs, for example, and it's only been 10 months. But when I look back at what we've done, we didn't do anything revolutionary. It's not like we predicted the internet. We didn't predict the Robin Hood thing with the GameStop stock or whatever it is. It's just we showed up every day. Myself, but also everybody on the team. And every day we did one thing better. And when I look back at everything we've accomplished over the last 10 months and the kind of clients we've worked with and also the methodology and frameworks and templates that we've developed, I'm like, shit. I did this in 10 months. My team did that in 10 months. This is incredible. Uh, so don't ever kind of underestimate this one piece at a time thing. We did that for Who Run the World too, right? This year. Yeah, showing up every Wednesday, figuring out our work process. There's something also, maybe this is more for people in their 20s, but still, I guess it's something I don't want to forget. Try things. A lot of times we can make a mountain out of a molehill and our fears and our trepidations will kind of get in the way. And Who Run the World is a great example of that is that it started off as a completely different show, but we were never worried to try something else. We were never tr worried to try a new spinoff or a new format. No guest was off the table. That's something that I've always tried to practice in my life is to not really think 
that I am stuck in a box and that I can actually try different things. And it kind of reminds me in a loose way to this advice that you gave me, which is coriander is awesome. Now, what does one mean by coriander is awesome? What you said is be open to start loving things that would have made you puke five years ago. And so for me, this is another way of you saying don't stop trying things and to be open to new experiences, new people, new ideas, new concepts. Um, and I think that's a very important ethos to have through life. And I think that we back ourselves up in a corner if we spend five years saying I hate coriander, which I did. Like if I went to a restaurant and they said, do you have any food allergies? I'd be like, I hate coriander and I hate cumin. I still hate cumin, but now I love coriander. I could have said, Marilyn, you've been saying you hate coriander for the past 29 years. You're not going to suddenly like spin around on this. But giving yourself that choice of saying, actually, now I love coriander and that's who I'm going to be moving forward is just, it's incredible freedom. You know, I said that in the beginning of the card, you now have the option to live three or four or five more lives. If you put yourself in a corner about what life and what person you are, then you won't have that chance, right? You're reminding me of a conversation I had on my 30th birthday. I was at the beach and I was talking to a really good friend of mine, Vanessa, on the phone. And she basically has always had these different business ideas. She was like, oh my God, Rhea, we're turning 30. Time is running out. And I told her, time is not out. Like, we're still young. Like, you can still make different decisions. And I used you as an example. I was like, look, Marilyn started her company this year. She's 34. People can start companies at 60, at 40, at 50. But it's, again, that freedom of spirit, I like to call this. If you have that, I think, A, you go through life with a little bit less anxiety. And B, if you smile at the world, I think it will smile back at you. And if you are willing to just try, as cliche as this sounds, Rhea, I love your truisms, you know? Listen, this episode is based on a card <laughs> written by you, but like, you know, Hallmark could have sponsored this episode. I will jump now to you are officially too old for shots, except flu shots and the COVID shot. So this is a running joke between you and me because um, throughout the pandemic on lockdown together, every other day you'd be like, shall we have shots tonight? As if we were like frat boys. And obviously we never did have shots. But also the sad truth, Razy, is your body cannot do shots anymore. I happily take on that consequence of growing older. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just also saying that like you should respect your body now. You're going to feel things. And this is a really difficult thing to observe because up until a certain age, and of course not 30 for everybody, maybe you won't start to feel that until you're 35 or you know 40, but at some point at different ages, you start to feel your body actually reversing its course, right? Because it's been on a glorious path of getting stronger and bigger and smarter. And you know, your body's been getting better at everything since the day you were born. And now you will start to feel that happening in reverse. And I think that there's beauty in that because it's part of the cycle. I remember reading in Science et Vie or something like that when I was a teenager that like in Japan, I don't know if, I, if that was not a real fact, but I remember it as being real. And I think it's a very beautiful story. Nevertheless, women don't have any symptoms from their menopause. So they don't get hot flashes, uh, whereas Western women do. And it was theorizing that perhaps the reason that that happens is that in Eastern philosophies, the passage of time is revered and accepted and just a matter of fact. Growing older is not growing worse. It's growing wiser. Uh, you might lose a few things, but you gain a lot of others. And as a consequence, women, when their periods stop showing up, 
didn't feel like they were losing. They just felt like they were evolving into their next season. And I think that that's how it could be good to look at things, but your body will definitely start to feel different. And it's time to respect it and give it some attention and also accept that it has limitations. And keep going to Pilates every Monday. So Rhea, what have you been doing to kind of nurture your body recently? I know you've been doing a lot. One day we'll do a, a body episode. Oh, I love, would love to do a body episode. So I've been doing a lot of boxing, a lot of like cardio, endurance work, Pilates with you every Monday with Nikki. Not my mother, but the Pilates instructor. So yeah, so this year I've been, I don't like this term, but I'm going to use it because you know, millennial. I'm on my fitness journey. Oh, fitness journey. I was going to F45, but then because of the COVID, I decided not to go to the gym anymore just to stay on the safe side. But yeah, I've been, I've been working out a ton recently, took up hiking again. And it's really been amazing to feel stronger um, and to feel like you have the endurance to go on a long walk, to go on a run. And actually, I had bad back pain when I first moved to Dubai. And ever since I started working out properly, it's gone away. So yeah. something that I do want to commit for my 30s, which I really didn't do in my 20s, is to really stay in shape and make sure that it's fun. And that's something I learned this year is that you can stay in shape in a way that's fun, whether you have a Pilates buddies to go to the class with and then go out for dinner so that it, it's become like a fun ritual or finding the right trainer who is Patrick, who even if he shows up at 6 a.m. has the biggest freaking smile on his face. There's two more. There's two more? The one that I will choose to go next is you are loved and worthy of love. Those who don't prove that to you, every chance they get need not apply. And I think that is a very important lesson. I've only recently understood that. Mm, tell us more. The way life happened for me is that when I turned 30, or actually I was 29, but oh, it's the same thing. I changed countries. There was a pandemic. I think that pushed me to do a lot of self-reflection and to finally learn to, to love myself and to realize that I am worthy of love and that I am enough. Um, and that whoever is hesitant about that or whoever makes me feel insecure or whoever is not willing to show up for me, those people just don't deserve to be around. Those who do love me and I love them which was very much apparent with all those letters that you collected and all those books that were sent and all those faces on the Zoom call on the day of my birthday. Like those are the people who deserve my energy, who deserve my time, who deserve the same amount of love they give to me that I give to them. Um, so that is something that I hope every single person learns. I think it leads to healthier friendships, healthier romantic relationships, and most importantly, a healthier relationship to yourself. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Well, I, I also think aging or getting older, and I, I don't think we're aging yet per se, although we constantly are aging, theoretically, you measure time, right? Like time is starting to pass. And even though hopefully you're only like a third or a quarter of your life in, if all goes well, you still start to feel like, okay, a good chunk has passed. And then you really start to value your time. You don't distribute it as freely as you used to. Um, and when you start valuing your time, you start really wondering like, okay, that's the only real currency that matters because money is just your time converted into dollars. Then you really start to decide who is going to be 
the recipient of that time and they better be people who really show up for you. Uh, it doesn't mean they have to constantly be like uh, showering you with compliments or gifts or giving you things or whatever. That's not what I mean. I just mean people who you know love you without question. Obviously, unless you turn around and murder people, but, but will never back down from that love no matter how you behave. It doesn't mean they won't give you shit about it or they won't call you out when you're fucking up. It just means they will be there to call you up. And that's what matters. That's also another value of good relationships is not always sugarcoating things for the people you love and not saying like, oh, everything is fine. Everything is cool. It's also saying like, hey, careful with that or you're hurting yourself with this and having those difficult conversations. But it's people who want to be a part of your life in that full term. Uh, and anyone who's hesitant can just proceed to the door. Exactly. And last piece of advice to kind of wrap all these things together. As, as we go on on our journey, Marilene Zakhour says, remember to take pictures of moments you want to remember. You will regret it when you don't. I think we're pretty good at that. The person that prompted me to start doing this, and again, um, you do change over time, and it's, it's okay to respect past Marilyn and tell her you were wrong. I used to be one of those people who were like, oh, pictures are so boring, you're so lame, why do you need a picture, can't you just remember it, whatever. I was one of those people for a very long time. And I think it was Gilda, I don't know if those were her exact words, she always corrects me when I say it, but she said some form of, Marilyn doesn't like happy things. And I realized that what I was projecting was that I was too cool for plain old boring happiness. And I didn't feel that way. I, I loved happiness. I wasn't a Grinch, but I, I realized that that's what I sounded like and that perhaps on some aspects, that's how I was actually behaving. And that made me realize that if something is making me happy, I should express it. And I think taking a picture of a moment is a way of recording. You know, it's like taking your temperature saying, this moment seems happy enough that I want to remember it. It's just expressing that to yourself, to everybody else. There are other ways of doing it as well, for sure, like writing it down in a journal or a gratitude jar or whatever. I just find that being able to look back at old pictures and, and remember how you felt that day or who was there or a conversation that you guys had, it's just so priceless. Yeah, and it also creates a ripple effect of happy moments because like now we're in the same city, but if one day we're not in the same city and I lived a happy moment and I took the picture and then next time I see you, I'm like, look at this. And then you kind of share with that happy moment with me. And then it creates a new happy moment when we're re reunited. And then it keeps going and going. I mean, you do that a lot with videos, actually. Like you have the most random videos on your phone. Fucking love it. And then when we rewatch it, I'm just so grateful that, you know, it was recorded. I love that because a lot of times people are like, oh, it's a birthday. Let's take pictures or it's Christmas and let's take a video. But and this is something... I think having moved a lot throughout my life and when you miss a place or you miss people, you don't miss their birthday. You don't miss having spent Christmas with them. You don't miss going to that humongous party. But what you do actually miss is the walk and talks where you just walk around the city and talk and then grab a coffee or you miss going to the movies with someone or you miss... I don't know, the mundane everyday shit that you used to do together when you lived in the same place or when you were on a trip together. Like whenever I go on trips with my friends, what I miss the most when we leave is the debrief at the end of the day in the hotel room. Like that's the best part. Sometimes taking videos of those moments reminds you of that because those are the things that are easily forgettable down the line 
a simple walk to your favorite coffee shop and a random Saturday conversation. Those are the things that we forget. And those are the things that I don't want to forget. So on that lovely note, Rhea, from the top of your 30s, what's one you know, pearl of wisdom you want to share with everybody? What does present Rhea want five years from now, Rhea, to remember? Have fun. A lot of times life is so serious. And it is serious. And there's a lot of shit happening. But if you don't find the humor and the laughter and things, it becomes pretty gray. And I think this year has been a tough year for many of us. My saving grace, I don't know about you, but it's been those belly laughters or the ability to tell jokes. And yes, we are more privileged and luckier than others, but I think having that optimism, positivity and laughter can get you through a gray day, any day. This really is a hallmark <laughs> episode. It really is. So on that lovely note, Rayos, or shall I call you Oreos, or shall I call you Cookie? I don't think that nickname is going to stick. You <sighs> think it's going to stick, but it ain't. We're going to try. Will you sign us up? On this lovely day, thank you for listening to us, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or the night. Uh, you are listening to, is this a Who Run the Time or a Who Run the World? I don't remember. I don't know. Who Run the 30s? New series. This is the Who Run the 30s. You're listening to Rhea and Marilyn, two friends in their 30s, podcasting their way through life, having conversations with each other and with other women and men about what it's like being a woman in the Arab world. We would love to hear from you. Do you have any advice you would give me as I enter my 30s? If you do, write to us on sayhi at whorontheworldpodcast.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram, whorontheworldpod, and also leave us comments, questions on that platform as well. Also, shameless plug, I just uh, released the Instagram of my upcoming podcast, Her Stage. It's masrahiya underscore her stage. It's also on Instagram. Uh, release date is February 15th. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. We released Who Run the World on February 13th, and now we're releasing Her Stage on February 15th. So maybe that is a lucky period. Marilyn, thank you so much for sharing this birthday celebrating with me this year and for being the co-host with the most and everyone else thank you for listening happy birthday Razie!